Off the ball. Cristiano Ronaldo was offered to numerous clubs in the summer and no deal could have been done. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Football Show on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to do anything I can well, to do play it my then. country again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should there be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. You're welcome along to Thursday's football show. we got a busy weekend of Premier League coming up again on Off the Ball. Myself and Brian Carroll bring you the big one. Palace against Leeds from two on Sunday. And then Stephen Doyle and Kenny Cunningham covering Arsenal against Liverpool from half past four. John and the lads will be here as always on Saturday keeping up to date with everything else that's happening. Manchester City and Chelsea among the teams in action at three o'clock. Uh, the big game of the weekend in European football is arguably Borussia Dortmund against Bayern Munich. That one's on Saturday evening. Uh, level on points in the Bundesliga. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Rafa Honigstein. How are you keeping, Rafa? I'm very well. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Were you on the goal show last night? No, I had a week off. Ah, they don't go back to the, uh, they don't go back to studio quite as often as they did. I have a ten year old and a nine year old who insist on only watching the goal show, so I don't get to watch full Champions League games. It is without doubt the greatest invention that there has been in modern TV. Well, your your kids choose wisely, that's <laughs> all I can say. It, it is glorious, and uh, obviously it means you miss out on maybe a lot of the context of things. And the Borussia Dortmund goal came up last night, and you sort of look up, and you see this player weaving through the area, and this fabulous finish, and go, which of their attacking players is that? And then it flashes up, and Jude Bellingham is wheeling away in celebration. You go, that is not a goal of a central midfielder. Like That is a goal of a, of a number 10, of, of somebody just of extreme attacking talent. This kid seems to have it all. Yeah, I can't uh, can't disagree with that. Uh, at the moment, he can play with slightly more freedom going forward because Marco Royce isn't there, who usually holds more of a number 10 position. And quite crucially, he's got somebody behind him, Sally Oshan, new signing from Cologne, who actually is a defensive midfielder because Borussia Dortmund have been a little bit lightweight in that department. Uh, Emre Can hasn't been a huge success since coming back. But yesterday, they had three midfielders and that gave a bit of a platform to Jude to make these runs, which uh, fans from Birmingham will be used to. You know, you used to do a lot more than just be a central midfielder, if you will. You would go into the box quite often. And right now we can see just how dangerous he can be there as well. How we all laughed when they retired his jersey. Uh, I don't think anybody is uh, <laughs> questioning that decision right now. The way you're talking there, like a question of what's his best position then doesn't seem appropriate. Like, Is it that he can do anything if needed? He can play in a in a more defensive role and do a tidy job there but actually if he can be freed and if there's somebody at Declan Rice for example at an international level who can sit behind him that that freedom he absolutely relishes it yeah I think his talent would be slightly wasted if he was just a holding midfielder just sitting in front of the back four I don't think uh, you'd get the most out of him he has to be an eight uh, ideally he has to be one of two eights I think in a, in a midfield three I think that's where he would thrive and then it comes down to uh, you know the situation. Can he go into the box? Can he make a wide run? Uh, where's his? Uh, where's the space? Where's the best use of this incredible, um, you know, application that he has uh, when he starts running with the ball? There's almost no stopping him. He's got real pace, great technique as well. A classic sort of uh, midfield all-action superstar in the making, I think. 
When Borussia Dortmund signed him, they paid a, a lot of money, was it, I think, reported in around 25 million plus many, many add-ons. They obviously knew they were getting a very talented player. Has there been a surprise as to how dominant a midfielder has become so quickly? Yes, I think so, because they thought he might take six months to you know, feel his way into the team, but he basically became a starter, more or less straight away. And then he became a, a regular, more or less straight away. And if you see his numbers, you know, the season before last, there was still sort of a 60, 70 minutes mark. He would often be one of the first ones to come off, I think, still being very young. They were very careful. Now it's not just a full 90 minutes, but he is the captain as well in the absence of Michael Royce. And he is the guy that they absolutely rely on. Now that reflects both really well on him and not so well on Dortmund because you'd expect Germany's second second wealthiest club and one of the, I don't know, top 13 or 14 richest teams in the world to have um, the depth in the squad that they don't need a 19-year-old to <laughs> to make things happen for them. But that's where we are. Um, both a chance for him to shine, but also perhaps a testament just to how good he is because he can actually be so dominant in a team that collectively isn't that good at the moment. What have you heard about him or what have you got a sense about him personality-wise, uh, particularly with what's coming down the track for him over the next few months where like, a nation will expect? He's gone from a position of being a squad member at Euro 2020 just over a year ago where it was, you know, Calvin Phillips was the man. It, who knows if Phillips will be, even be fit, but it's hard to see England starting the World Cup without Bellingham in midfield. And that brings a whole other world of pressure onto his shoulders. Is, is that something that should sit comfortably with him? I have no reason to believe that it won't. Um, Dortmund officials have been raving about his willingness to learn, about his professionalism. He's the guy who will seek out in the dressing room the most experienced pros to sit next to them, to learn from them, rather than hang out with kids his age who are perhaps slightly less uh, serious, still as teenagers. Um, he's been getting better and better and better because he wants to get better and better and he wants to learn. And he's never seems to be phased by the occasion. Now, England, you know, being a starter at the World Cup is, a, by admission, a pressure of a diff different magnitude, uh, especially in this uh, Gareth Southgate team, which I think manages to diminish players rather than um, lift them to next level. So it will be difficult for him just on the basis of that. But there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that this guy will succeed in almost any team because he's got so much talent and so much um, of a strong mentality that you need to perform at this level as well. There's a lot of transfer speculation already around what will happen next summer and as we know when it comes to these supersized transfers as it'll be it's not as simple as where the player wants to go or what club is most desperate or what club will even pay the most amount of money necessarily there's agents involved Is it, Liverpool a team that were strong favourites maybe six months ago obviously the success of Haaland to Manchester City and linking those two up again how do you see this playing out over the next 12 months with Bellingham's future? I think it's very difficult to speculate as you said Liverpool at one stage I think felt as if they might have stolen the march on the competition but nothing signed uh, there's been no negotiations between Dortmund and, and uh, any club Dortmund have uh, made their intentions well known they only will part with him for a huge amount of money. They talked about 150 million euros. Now, whether that can be done is, is a different matter. We saw that Jaden Sancho's value wasn't quite what they wanted, but I think Jude Bellingham is more consistent, um, has a higher ceiling, 
and uh, won't have any shortage of suitors. And of course, a good World Cup with England will only help to lift the price even higher. So I think it's in his interest to wait as long as possible. It's certainly in Dortmund's interest not to uh, make any moves now. It doesn't make any sense. He's still got two and a half years to run on his contract. Uh, and they're still hopeful, not hopeful in the sense of 50-50 or 90%, but there's a sizable chance in their estimation that he might still renew. Um, and of course, that might come with then a gentleman's agreement or some release clause that would then shift the dynamic, but also make it easier for the next step to materialize. So I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he will leave in the summer. Uh, I suspect I know the answer to this, but while we're talking about Borussia Dortmund, any part of you surprised as to how well it's gone for Erling Haaland? Not really. I think there was the only question mark was whether Guardiola and his difficult relationship with number nines might uh, get in the way. And the fact that Haaland isn't really that much of a footballer off the ball, doesn't really link up that much, although against Man United he was very strong, it must be said. But before that, we hadn't really seen that much of him. Whether that was too much of a change for City uh, or him, indeed, if he had to change, to gel immediately. But I guess the answer uh, away from the numbers is that the guy is so unbelievably good at doing what he does that it doesn't matter what happens around them. And we've seen a similar effect when Pep Guardiola wasn't fully sold on Robert Lewandowski coming into Bayern. Um, but he very quickly realized that, you know, somebody like that, you have to accommodate them and your ideas change because he's so good, so good not the other way around. England would be well within the rights to say what might have been when you have Erling Haaland born in Leeds and Gio Reyna born in Sunderland which I now definitely know from uh, watching a clip of Thierry Henry uh, I think that's gone viral over the last few hours another one they lost was uh, Jamal Musiela and we're talking about Bayern Munich and uh, Robert Lewandowski's departure Musiela's only 19 as well had played for England at underage level but was born in Germany and is now committed uh, to Germany can you tell us a little bit about him and the impact he's making this season? He's been unbelievable. I mean, ever since coming in uh, in Hansi Flick's first season as caretaker manager and then winning the Champions League with Bayern as a substitute at the time, mostly he's gone to a similar situation with uh, Bellingham. Uh, of course, Bayern don't have to rely on him that much, but he often makes the real different difference when it comes to finding solutions against very defensive sides. And we've seen in the last couple of games where Bayern scored nine, nine goals and then concede one how much of a massive difference it makes when they score the first goal. And Musiala helps you unlock those tight defences. He's got unbelievable sort of magical ability to dribble past players. Uh, it's a bit of a throwback to how football used to look like, you know, when you saw a lot more sort of individual brilliance um, plays without any sense of the occasion or, or pressure. An absolute delight. And I think he's the one that will, will hurt England most uh, when it comes to, well, Haaland would have been nice as well, of course. <laughs> but uh, um, having him, having had him already in an England shirt, I think it'll hurt a lot seeing him um, possibly star for Germany at the World Cup. He, he will start, I think. And uh, he has come to be one of the key players for this team, which is for a 19-year-old again, a huge achievement and shows you just how extraordinary talented this guy is. For people who aren't following the Bundesliga on a regular basis, they probably look at Bayern going to Dortmund this weekend and think, well, we're you know eight games into the season, Bayern are probably four or five points clear at the top, already a chance to extend their lead. That's not the case. They've played eight games. They've only won half of them so far. It's been somewhat stuttering. Is that 
is that a Robert Lewandowski shaped hole that they're trying to fill and trying to change system that's just betting in because you look at that team that even lined out in the Champions League it's Musiela, Sané, Mane, Gnabry uh, very different styles of players to the traditional number nine that Lewandowski might be seen to be yeah, I mean, the, the discussion in Munich always changes after every result. When Bayern win, people say, look at the fluidity. They have goals coming from so many different players. Musiala is actually the most um, on-target player in this team uh, because the goals are spread so evenly. And when they don't win, they're saying, well, where's Lewandowski? You know, he would be the guy who'd give them that goal that they're missing. Um, it's impossible to prove one way or the other, whether they'd be as good or as bad with him. Um, I think what is important to understand is that when the offer came in, his mind was made up and there was absolutely no way that keeping him would have done any good to him, to the club, to Bayern's finances. They needed to get generated a little bit of money because of all the money that they spent. And even within the dressing room, I think people were quite happy that uh, he, he was moving on. There had been a lot of focus on him. He'd been very public about his wish to leave. Uh, Bayern, you know, thrive on the collective they don't really always accommodate super superstars so well, egotistical players who want every ball. And I think sort of his time had come to an end in Munich. So Bayern will have to make do in the meantime. They're not doing so badly, but the verdict is still out whether they can go and win the Champions League because Bayern have always had a big number nine in the last 30, 40 years. So it, it's a real departure. And of course, as often with big changes that big change will be seen as the reason for things to go either right or wrong and uh, we'll have to see until the later stages of the Champions League if it works out or not Yeah you mentioned uh, Pep Guardiola maybe not been totally sold on uh, the idea of Lewandowski at first actually that sort of lineup that they're playing with at the moment is it feels very much something Pep Guardiola could get behind Absolutely and Julian Nagelsmann is is influenced by Pep Guardiola his style is is very much about possession about having a lot of players uh, in you know positions ahead of the ball, Bayern often play without really a, much of a midfield or a defence. Makes them a little bit vulnerable in the counter attack if the gig and pressing doesn't work. But uh, when you have that fluidity and when everything clicks and people have an understanding of where I need to go, because that's the other difficulty, right? You can have three attacking players or four. You still need to have some kind of positional discipline to say if one guy goes left, the other guy makes sure that there is presence in the box, etc. That takes a bit of time. And it's not always that easily um, utilized. But when it does work, um, also last season, the first half of the season, and again in, in stages this year, it's looked as good as some of the stuff we saw on the Guardiola, which is no coincidence. Sadio Mane's absence has been uh, leveled as a real reason for Liverpool's struggles this season. Uh, how has he settled in at, at Bayern? Like, is he is he showing the impact that he had at Liverpool? Is he as critical as crucial for this Bayern team as he was at Anfield? Uh, yes and no. He's had a very good start. He was uh, one of the reasons why Bayern started really strongly, scoring lots of goals. Then he had uh, a really lean spell where he didn't score. Bayern stopped scoring. And now the last couple of games, he's back uh, on the score sheet and Bayern as a team play well again. So he, rather than sort of leading the line, he seems to be more sort of influenced by what happens around him. And my personal theory or hunch is that maybe with the Africa Cup of Nations and all the amount of games he's played, maybe it's just come at a time of the season where he's just a little bit less sharp physically. And for somebody who thrives on the energy and uh, needs that sort of explosiveness to, to, to take up these intelligent positions that he has and um, link up so well, I think he probably can't play at 80, 80 or 85% without 
missing that little bit. Um, but after the winter break, sorry, after the um, international break, he's come back a lot better. Maybe he's had a bit of a rest and uh, hopefully for Bayern and for him and for Senegal, indeed, he'll uh, find form again. One of their other big summer signings was Matthias De Ligt, who, you know, at Ajax looked like he was going to become a sort of generational centre-half, such was his talent. Gets the move to Juventus, uh, you know, has success, but I don't know if he gets to that quite to that next level, but it's still an incredibly young player. How has he settled in? Is he, is he starting to look like that centre-half who can be the mainstay of a Bayern defence for the next five, eight years? Yeah, he started well and he looks like the player that Bayern wanted, which is the kind of defensive organiser that they've been missing since David Alaba has left. They want a player who's very vocal, who orchestrates things at the back, who calls back to midfield, who makes sure that everyone's um, you know, in the right situation at the right time and be part of that axis that they have with Neuer, Kimmich and Müller. He'd be the missing link or they want them to be. The problem with inverted commas that he's had is that the players around them have been played so well as well. Uh, Benjamin Pavar, who by nearly sold, has come back to real good form. Dayo Pamikano's had a couple of really good games, namely against uh, uh, Barcelona in the second half of that win. And um, Lucas Hernandez looks looks really good as well. So as much as Bayern want him to be the number one centre-back on merit, he's not quite there yet. So it's going to be another interesting little sub-narrative, if you will, to see how he can uh, fit in and if he can actually be as dominant as Bayern initially wanted him to be. Uh, it should be tasty on Saturday. Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund level on points. Uh, they're both two points behind Union Berlin, who are the surprise early leaders in the Bundesliga. Half-five kickoff for that one in Dortmund. Rafa, always a pleasure. Pleasure's mine. Thank you. Rafa Honigstein there from The Athletic. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Don't miss high-flying Arsenal versus Liverpool On Super Sunday Live only on Sky Sports This is News Talk